It's business time. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to RL Technologies Presents Business Time. We're sitting here today on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. The podcast will be dropping on Monday. Uh, to reach out to us, you can find us at www.rltechfl.com. You can also reach us at info at rltechfl.com. And our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash rltechnologies180. Please reach out to us. Tell us what you think of the podcast. If you have any specific questions for us, if you have something that you need answers to, we are always, always willing to reach back out to our to our listening guests. So, Mr. Lawrence, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you, sir? Oh, we're bouncing right along. Again, it's it's almost the the end of the the end of the, the work week. And as we mentioned beforehand, we had an excellent interview last week with Big Ed Kennan who's bartending down at uh, Apple Annie's at the Seville Quarter. We have another fantastic guest that we mentioned last week, and this is going to be a gentleman in, in some circles that also needs no introduction, Chef Kyle <laughs> Kennedy. How are you guys doing? And so he joins us in our in our, our somewhat modified studio. We've, we've done some more work on to it. So we're going to be talking to... Uh, Chef Kyle about a multitude of things today, uh, and so yeah, we're gonna move into uh, the uh, the menu creation, day to day life of a sous chef, uh, prepping pre shift for back of the house, creating specials, uh, running meetings, uh, taking inventory, dealing with purveyors, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. So we've got a uh, my good friend here, Chef Kyle Kennedy, and uh, we're gonna have him uh, kind of walk you through his background and how he became a sous chef well thank you ralph for bringing me on um i started cooking right when i got back from college at Florida state you know it always doesn't work out when you go to college <laughs> you have too much fun you come back <laughs> but uh yeah i got a job at the grand marlin washing dishes and then i really fell in love with food and like the chaotic nature of the kitchen like just really works really well with my ADD, you know. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> things going wrong at once and trying to put out fires. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I learned from some really good chefs there. Um, you know, I, my friend uh, Kevin Flynn, he's uh, actually a chef out on the beach at uh, The Reef. He uh, bought me a side one I was like, or bought me a side one um, when I was in dish grade. So, you know what, man, you, got, you have what it takes to do this. Uh, you're, you have strong, you're... You know, your work ethic and you're smart. And he even called me, he was like, it's a diamond in the rough. And so I just started working up and trying to learn. I made a goal to learn everything out of the kitchen. Like, you know, hey, you know, no one wants to wash dishes. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do oyster bar and get people hired to replace me. Then learn how to do fry, do um, everything else. And I just fell in love with cooking food and like the chaotic nature of it and just working the line and you know every day experience uh, try to create something new bounce uh, um, bounce flavors off each other all that and um, I didn't go to culinary school I just learned from working really hard in the kitchen and just 
you know, basically that's it. Well, you had a passion for food to start with. Oh yeah, and you know, then, I mean, you yeah, know, everybody likes good food, and then you sit there and try to like what, try to create some things off of that. Right now, so when you work at a or when you were working at the Grand Marlin, you worked your way from dish to you know uh, the line, and then uh, you transitioned from the Grand Marlin to actually uh, being the sous chef at the district. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, and when you did that, you were a part of the the kitchen creation the menu creation yep. and all of that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Man, so uh, really funny. Um, I got hired on like a month before we um, even got like our small wares and all that. And it was, I was, I was really, we're at my chef's house on 4th of July with a big 4th of July party, lighting up fireworks, you know, drinking, you know, hey, it's 4th of July. We had to go in the next day and check in $45,000 with the small wares all hung over, just like here, ringing off numbers to each other, like what's that? Oh God, no! Like, like just it was awful. But I mean, you know, that's the part of opening a restaurant. You have to go make sure everything's in place. Um, like it was, it was a rough day. But we, uh, there's things we'd had and things we didn't need. We're like, why, why do we have these crawfish batches? Like, we don't need this. <laughs> but that's the things you run into, and you. Like when our GM ordered all the stuff, we didn't really know. I didn't know what was coming in. I was unaware of anything was coming in. I'm like, next time we do this, please let me see a list of everything right. so we can have more than twelve third pans. <laughs> so the lack of communication yeah. from you know the, the chef and the GM caused a yeah. There was a lot, but you know what? Hey, but you know, we made it happen. <laughs> you know, we're still around. But uh, there it was. I mean, rest, opening restaurants are tough, man. The, the margins of you succeeding in five years are slim. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's most restaurants open up and they're done in three years. And it's because the margins are so freaking small. Like, you either make it or break it. But, I mean, and uh, the district is actually in their fifth year now. Yep. yep. And we survived COVID, too, which that was a huge thing. Huge restaurants. Like, yeah. Man, man. We're fine dining, man. You, we can't need to go food like, and we had we had had like close to seven thousand dollars worth of steaks that we had to like do something with. Right, <laughs> right. Use it or lose it. Use it, yeah. I mean, there's a dry aged beef. You can't really just freeze it, so we had to sell it all <laughs> off. And I don't even want to, uh, COVID was gives my anxiety. I'm just Night, nightmare fuel. Nightmare, yeah, man. Nightmare Jesus, man. Like, I'm actually, actually when COVID actually happened. My chef was flying out of town to freaking um, to uh, Costa Rica, and so he, the, he spent some time there, did he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he almost got stuck there. <laughs> and me and my pastry chef were like, uh, we had to go tell our whole staff, like, look, we don't know what's going on, but you like my three best four guys, are like, hey, we're gonna shut down the kitchen. We'll let you guys know we'll have hours, we'll clean, but. Everyone else, hey, uh, sign up for unemployment. We don't know what's going on. No one knows. Like, it was like 3 o'clock on a Friday, and we got shut down by the state. And we're like, what do we do? Yeah, what do you do? What do we right. do? Uh, you can't sell. I mean, this is, uh, this is unprecedented. We just got shut down by the government. Like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Well, and like you said, you've got inventory in meat, produce, yeah. seafood. I mean, you name it. And it's, you know, most of those people had to write that up as a lot. Yeah, everybody, oh, yeah. that's all got a shelf yeah. life, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, we ended up doing, creating a couple to-go menus, and it's, it was just what we had. We're like, oh, let's make family-style meals because nobody's going to come out and pay 
$150 for a steak when they don't know what's going on. You know, everyone's, right. everyone's like holding on all their money as much as possible. But right. so just to get rid of our product, we made a couple of um, this menus, like the jambalaya for one, jambalaya for two, jambalaya for four, and just boxed and just made that. With all the stuff we had, we had like we had a pork schnitzel with succotash with brown butter and just ten dollars, twenty dollars, thirty five dollars just a new product. And I'm gonna tell you, that was my anxiety was going just thinking about this. Like, thank God we we made it through that. Year. Well, and, right. and they can actually attest to that. You know, some yeah. some of what you did. You know, they had they not had somebody who was creative. Uh, well, I, I, I can't claim together. it all myself. My pastry chef, or also she's a sous chef as well at the district. Eden, she really helped out a lot. Right. Um, she really kept us kept my my sanity. Yeah, but you guys time. went from you went from full go to crash stop to nothing in a day. And yeah, and then you don't know. It was like there was restaurants that just shut down. They're not doing anything. You're like, you can imagine like being like. My, I only have a staff of maybe 20 people, like a restaurant like McGuire's, Crabs, like that, 50 people, mm. 60, 70 employees. Standing around staring at you, yeah, going, like, well, what do we oh, do, yeah, boss? Man, that's, yeah. Well, we're hearing stories now of uh, like management that wanted to keep their staff paid as much as possible, yeah. found like ways to keep them mm-hmm. busy, you know, mostly in cleaning or fixing things and stuff like that. Seville had never been cleaner in 40 oh, years. Oh, yeah. No, no, it, it, it packed fish. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. we redid all of the yeah. woodwork and uh, We're scrubbing baseboards. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 You can see yourself scrubbed. in the in the brass. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's like, holy mackerel, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you guys, we made it through COVID. Um, Let's talk about, you know, what it's like uh, for day-to-day operations for for a, a chef to keep a kitchen running. Well, it starts with your employees showing up to work. <laughs> that's um, first hurdle. That's that's a very important thing. <laughs> um, that I mean, but you know, hey, life happens, you know. But as um, a chef or a sous chef, when someone calls out, you got to pick up the slack, and that's what a manager does. So. So, yeah, you could be sauteing one night. Oh, yeah, you, you see me back another. there. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, actually, really, right after COVID, it was so hard to get um, employees in. First of all, why would you co- Why would you want to come to work uh, go to work and get seven fifty a week from, you know, from right. the government? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm going to sit home and drink beer and hang out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sit in my house and play video games and collect Some their... people were making more through unemployment than they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Than what they were I mean, that's what really just... It, that kind of really did a damper on industries everywhere. Like, people mm-hmm. like, there's more, more DoorDash drivers or Lyft drivers than ever because people are like, oh, man, I can make money off of this. I don't have to go work at a restaurant. And what's funny is the people that they're feeding... Or other Lyft drivers yeah. and Uber drivers. <laughs> other yeah. people are going in. Yeah. <laughs> That's their demographic of customers. It's a circular aspect. And even right now, like DoorDash and, and Uber Eats, they're turning down applications. Yeah, yeah like, there's no, I'm too, sorry, too many drivers. We're, we're saturated, baby. Yeah. I mean, hey, why not? Like, why would you just, just go pick up food and then you go work for a couple hours and make two hundred dollars? Like, man, it's just—I right. mean, it's—it's it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. You don't have to deal with the headache, side work, which you yeah. all know that servers hate. Yeah, hot at the hotness <laughs> of a kitchen during the so summer. Did you, did you find when they started coming back that like their tolerance for what they were willing to deal with had had dissipated? Like, like, look, I don't have to put up with this. If I want to get out of here and go collect unemployment, I can. Yeah, 
<laughs> that was well um, until that employment quit. Yeah, right. And then it was like a one eighty. Can I have you the know, gun? Everyone oh yeah, everyone comes back. They're like, oh no no no, man, remember when I need you? <laughs> Come on now, I love you. So, but, so as a sous chef, uh, you personally create the the fish specials daily. Yeah. What a like walk us through that process. So, you know, like you look at the fish prices first before you build it. Well, or? I I sit there like I have like four or five different fish purveyors that text me. Uh, Farmers and fishermen inland Maria's um, Royal Lagoon Seafood out of um, Mississippi, or actually it was it was in Mississippi, yeah. Um, and then I, they send me a list in the morning, and I go I'm like, ooh, I haven't had that in a minute, or I just sit there and what what like. And what is what it sounds really good? What what vegetables do I have coming in? What do I have on uh, on on hand? And I just go with it. This freestyle, like I just get there and like I'm feeling them. Like okay, boom, this this this. So that's your creative outlet right there. You know? Yeah, man, and it keeps me fresh. I, I mean, you know, doing the same like when I worked at other places before, doing the same thing over and over again gets repetitive, <laughs> and you lose your passion. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to sit there and just keep on, keep fresh, and like try new ideas, and. um yeah, it's it's great, but then you know sometimes like you get you make something and it doesn't sell, it gets aggravating because you have to know your clientele and all that. You try to do something way too out of the box, and then people go, it's Pensacola, Florida, right? You, you know? buy a fish that you think is really exotic that yeah, tastes well, yeah, yeah but they're like, like eh. yeah, it's not grouper, you know, it's ain't snapper, <laughs> but I don't know what this all this fish is, but uh, you know, it is what it is. But, so you're uh, saying the the pumpkin spice halibut probably not gonna uh, fly. Pump, yeah, pumpkin spice swordfish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a pumpkin. Hit, though. Uh, yeah. The pumpkin swordfish that is that. But Damn, you have good. to be able to sell that as a server. You yeah. have to know why it's pumpkin swordfish. Yeah. You have to explain <laughs> that to your customers. There's a special yeah. brand. Which, of as you know, like you've got certain servers that you can trust to sell these yeah. specials. Certain other ones you can't. So you have to factor that in to your special that you're creating. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, how easy is it going to be for these servers to sell? Exactly. And like so, yeah. like uh, an example of I'll give an example. Like last uh, last couple of nights, I did a, like a crab fat rice, which we've done before. The crab fat risotto. I, I actually I came in and had it. Yeah, yeah. You had it yeah. last night. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it good? It was great. See, oh, yeah. I had but, that in the uh, steak skewers. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I mean, that was this, that was a dish that I was inspired for when I ate, went ate in New Orleans. Um, actually, during uh, last year, yeah, Isaac Toop's restaurant. He has this uh, seafood cuvion. Which is uh, basically like a seafood stew with uh, kind of, like, kind of, kind of like a brothy kind of like seafood uh, red sauce with that crab fat rice. And I had never even heard of crab fat before. And I tried it; it was amazing. It tastes like you're eating a blue crab in the rice with just just there's no there's not really crab meat. It's just that uh, basically that umami, that butter of it, mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's just people don't understand what it is. And this one guy ordered it and he didn't like it. He was like, I came to a steakhouse and I ordered fish. I'm mad. And you forget it's a it's <laughs> civil district, civil steak and seafood. I know. Yeah. But, so, but I try to do stuff cool, the but then that we get hit with that. But it's whatever. But it's fine, you know. Uh, we live and learn, you know. Maybe right. try something else, which I'm going to do today. <laughs> so that's the fun part of it. Let's talk about the not so fun part being a yeah. sous chef part of the upper management group. Um, what's it like having to go into like the weekly or monthly meeting with uh, the, the Mitchells, um, you know, talking about your profit or your loss or your problems? I really don't get dragged into as much as Josh does, which I love. He, he's, he's a buffer <laughs> for that. Um, I had just like, 
he deals with them mostly. But I love them; they're they're awesome. I love mm -hmm. they're my favorite manager, uh, favorite owners I've ever worked for. The great people, um, they treat you like family. But uh, like like I said, I would know we've had our meetings are like oh boom we we're getting kind of uh, we're getting knocked on but hey it's our job that's their job to make sure we're doing our job right and um everything's fair i mean there was one time when when gil was carmichael was managing there like years ago he just brought us a list of cops and he was like this needs to change and we had everything i'm like okay not like when like you know you have like a, this this is a bad example of bad management or bad ownership like and they come in there and use it's called um um what's the term a, a seagull um ah what is it when they come over you get like you come over they come in they fly and squawk and all that shit all over you and leave oh you know? yeah right that's, that's yeah. What I'm talking about yeah he was like this he gives he very he gives me a uh, paperwork it's like everything all these comps all this he was like this needs to get better and I'm like you're right. <laughs> so there, there was nothing added to the wood pile. It was just like fix this. Well, he just said this, 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 this needs to improve. And I'm like, you're absolutely. He brought me information, <laughs> and I'm looking. I'm like, you are correct, sir. Mm -hmm. Then I'm just coming in, you know, getting yelled at and reamed, you know. Right. And so when you did that, were you? Did you see any improvement on those items? Were you? Oh yeah, that? oh yeah. We yeah. sat there, look, guys, because we showed. There was like, look, here, this is this is how much we've comped this this right. past month. You're like, oh damn! Like you know, you, you see thousands of dollars. You know, it's like holy shit. Yeah, we uh, started actually acting as yeah, and, those, those, and from, like, just from a cost standpoint. Yeah, not even from like what you would have made on that, just what you lost on it. Yeah, and then like like um, I have some really really great line cooks. They're all can run restaurants wherever they they actually have before, and they were like, man, we need to tighten up. And everyone's a team. We did better. And then that's that's the best way to do that. But there's, there's a terrible ways when you just sit there and just get you know the executive chef or whatever and just comes in, GM just throws a tantrum and walks out the door. That doesn't improve anything. It just no, makes it all worse. Right, right. You need that you constructive, know? yeah, constructive you yeah. Know, management. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I mean, I've seen I've seen each spectrum of it before in all the places right. I've worked, and much better than. Have it the constructive way. Yeah. <laughs> you get now, uh, now you, you, whenever you started at the Grand Marlin, you know they're more of like what we would consider like a, a corporate entity. Oh yeah. Um, the the district is not. It's oh. a family owned company. Yep. You know, very local. Mm -hmm. uh, which do you prefer? Um, I prefer the district. Yeah. Uh, the beach life out there, man. It's 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 it wears you down. It's mm -hmm. every day, and then taking driving two hours to get to work. Right. I mean that that bridge problem during summer is it's gotten worse and worse. Arizona, it was bad ten years ago. Now, or yeah, the traffic situation there is it's, real. It's awful, man. I remember once I had to take a jet ski to work because I couldn't get there. That's the most important <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's also the most Pensacola thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly it's the most Kyle like, Kennedy. Like, hey, drop me off over there, dude. Come <laughs> Kyle on. Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen, fellow seven of the chefs on the jet ski. <laughs> you, you see a guy in a toque yeah. on the jet ski. You know who it is now. <laughs> but it's it's got to be. We talk about, uh, and you've already mentioned it. Ralph has mentioned it about the pace of the kitchen, etc. Out there in the beach community. It's it's got to be magnified by five times because everything is just go 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 go. You don't. I mean, you get a little bit of well, during the off season out there. You go. They cut people down. Like right. we'd have 
days at the Grand Marlin in the dead of winter when we have only like 75 to 100 people in the books. And I mean, not even, not even like 50 or something. Then we just end up doing like 300 people. <laughs> and there's a fry guy who's doing three fryers and a flat top, a grill guy who's doing grill wheel and one saute guy. And we're just getting just, it's just, this is, um, I mean, I'd much rather be in hell than right, where I'm at right now. <laughs> you might actually be. Actually, in I hell. might be. I yeah. died yesterday. <laughs> so you might, you're not far from it. <laughs> exactly. Um, you're cooking for hell. <laughs> yeah. And just, there's this, there's this one time. Um, I mean, when you bring Josh on, you can ask him about it. Just, <laughs> I, we had, I sold like 140 surf and turfs. And then I was oh, told, crap. I was like, stop giving me the fish, the black and fish special on Surf and Turf Tuesday, dude. It's going to it's gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm selling 40 pieces of black and mahi. And then also I have my whole grill filled up with these little six ounce blades. And I'm like, <laughs> and he was one time, he was like, Kyle, how long is that mahi? I'm like, dude, I'm a. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Stop in as much as I can. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that's like, man, that's that's the that's the adrenaline rush of it, man. Like, and that's why I love it. Like, you sit there, come in, do your job, bang it out, go have some beers afterward, and just do it all over again. Yeah, you, know? you yell at each other, you yeah, fight each other. Yeah, you sit there, you I'll, kiss I'll, I'll, I'll go cuss out my uh, my whoever's on. You know, get it right back. They say, hey, I'm sorry, or the servant <laughs> rang in something wrong. <laughs> Don't. Uh, I was just saying, don't take what I said when I was in the weeds, personally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing to do I'm with I'm sorry you. for There's what I said when I was in the weeds. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Sorry, I love you, but... Yeah, there's a lot like <laughs> drunk texting, just yeah. forget it didn't well, even happen. What's funny exactly. is, like, you know, you, you see new people come in, and the ones that can't handle that, they get weeded out really quickly. Oh, yeah, it's travel like, the fittest, you know. You get people like, <laughs> it's you one know, day. like Alan, Ivy, yeah. Mark, you know, like, you know, the people that mesh really well, yeah. that wouldn't normally hang out outside of work. They all work really well together. Oh yeah, you know, they can handle the heat. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's just they're taking it like where well, you have to have like a, a memory of like zero. If things are going to happen, they go your way. You just got to get move on. Very right? much I, a, I mean, a locker room mentality. Yeah. Like when I was a younger cook, I'd get mad about stuff, and I would kind of hold like get really angry. Now I'm like, you know. It's it's I'm, like, I'm still working on it. Still, <laughs> so I'm still kind of like <laughs> I'll slam something, but you know, you never really get rid of. But it's it's a work in progress. Right. Yeah. Have a have step outside. Have a cigarette. Yeah. You yeah. Hit my vape or whatever. You know, <laughs> walk out. Go walk. Go yell at the go yell at the celery in the walk in. You know, <laughs> the celery can't go to HR. You know, that was. That was just, that's a celery wilting. <laughs> Kyle had a moment, so exactly. you know we need more celery. Yeah. Yeah, the vegetables won't uh, <laughs> HR. <laughs> they get eaten every night. Salad. Yeah. There's oh, the times I've gone in while walking, just like just yelled, and they're like, "You okay?" I'm like, "Oh, I feel better now." No, absolutely. Yeah. That's what that walking is for. It's, for. it's a multi-purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, they're freezer space. It's part of your HR. It's right. part of your food story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's funny. Well, good deal. Right. Well, uh, we. Uh, we we t- touched on a couple of things here. Um, we currently have you working on a menu build with uh, one of our uh, newest clients, Oakley's Wine Gr- uh, What Oakley's Wine Bar. Excuse Hi. me. Um, what's a uh, What's it like walking into a construction site and talking to an individual that's never owned a restaurant, has zero expectations, uh, and they want you to build a menu? Uh, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, but, I, but you know what? It's fun though. I mean, you sit there, 
I like seeing something grow from the beginning to opening up is it's just like a child, you know. It's it's you're proud of it. But uh like that's like when the district opened up, like you it was very, very stressful. Like these gray hairs right here happened within a week. You know? <laughs> right. I was like, no, 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 we're done. No was, more. Right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was just a star. Yeah. Like I remember my uh, the floodgates. My um my ex was like, You said yeah, those are gray hairs. I'm like, oh man, that's popped up like today. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, how quickly it happens. Yeah, and you can yeah. name it, for yeah. instance. I like, I, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, it's fun, man. It's it's it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge, and, like, not knowing what their, I mean, trying to figure out what their expectations are and what your vision is, but it's ultimately it's their vision. Right. So, um, I, like I said, I just wrote down a couple things what I would think would work there, what she wants. She wants a crab cake. I gave, I put a crab cake on the menu, um. Well, but at the same time, this woman wanted pizzas, but her kitchen wasn't going to be able to accommodate that, just space-wise. You need space, you need storage, you need room for the uh, dough to proof, all that stuff, but, I mean, we... Because you're so good at what you did, you know, we were actually able to to keep that concept with, you know, like a third of what the actual work would take to create a pizza. Yeah, I mean, uh, mean, to do it the the absolute, like, the... Freaking Italian style way. I mean, it, it it takes space. It takes a lot of time. Days. And yeah, I mean, it's just about like say we're what's we have a small kitchen. Let's start small, and then we can add. Mm-hmm. You know, let's um, not take on too much on. Um, and then because I've always uh, been taught, you start small on your menu and focus on those main things and do them very very well. And then so people like, you know, if you have, I've seen restaurants that open up their menu is huge and you're like, this is how, like, you can't, it's not really possible. There's no but way they could keep all of those, those especially, products Especially, yeah. And that's why, like, most of these places, these huge menus, they're using um, um, Cisco-based uh, dressings, all that. Nothing is really made in-house. It's all out all, all of a bag and stuff like that. Right. Right. It popped right out of a freezer. But so if you want to keep stuff fresh and all that and you have to start small, and then just add to it as you go because it looks bad if you take stuff away and, like, right. and it just doesn't, you know, it's not a good look. Yeah. No, you want to look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. So when, you open your door. when you're dealing with this and you go up and you examine a situation like that, you're not just keeping the concept of just the menu in your mind. You're having to evaluate your workspace, yep. what type of equipment that you mm-hmm. need, what type of storage will facilitate the, the flow of the kitchen, uh, well, everything. It's, there's a lot of it goes into it. It's not just so here. That's what I was trying to explain to them. It's just you have to understand like how this is going to work. There's mo- so many multiple moving parts in this. So if you talk to someone that doesn't have any experience, because most most owners nowadays we're seeing they don't have any relevant experience yeah. in the restaurant industry. If you were to talk to them and explain this to them, what would you say the most important facet of that workspace is? Like, okay, this is where your chef is, your sous chef, etc. The rest of the line cooks. This is the most important thing to keep in mind. Well, the thing is, if you have things with kitchens, the most important thing is you having your space to prep and. Being able to store stuff properly. Okay. So, I mean, if you're, you just can't just like here, I mean, like I was trying to tell them, sell them on getting a walk-in cooler because you could have this side is going to be vegetables. This side is going to be over here, be protein. You have to have everything organized because if you, if you don't, it's going to be a mess. Then stuff's going to go bad. You're going to lose. 
Well, you can't product. have you can't have fish and type of produce. Yeah, you gotta have everything yeah, separated. You know, you have this over here, this here. You know, chicken on the bottom, cooked yeah. stuff on top. And if you don't have all that, and you're not doing that correctly, you're gonna lose product quality, and you're gonna lose money. And then health inspectors down in there, like, oh, look at this. This is not good. And they they <laughs> have right. no problem and shutting then, you down. And yeah. then once, and the thing is, once you get hit with one of those, you're basically dead. Like, yeah, actually, <laughs> you have to keep a clean a... kitchen. You have to get organized, and that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Other than your biggest commodity is the people that work for you. That is that is your biggest resource. Having good people. You have that, you're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of my like. I was taught that a long time ago. It's not the product you have; it's the people that work for you, and they're your most important resource. Mm-hmm. If they believe in you and they believe and they love their job, they're gonna work ten times more harder than the person. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone else. If they enjoy their job. Right. If management does a good job, keeping yeah. the morale and you know, keeping people happy. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, yeah, and who like. I always always said the day that I don't want to go to my job, like if I wake up I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. I'm like, oh, we always say that, but like, I really do not want to go this place. Yeah, that's right. that's when I go find another job. Yeah. And I, so also them listening to you, but also saying, okay, we're not going to, we're not gonna overburden you with a bunch of tasks that you guys know we shouldn't be attempting and probably can't accomplish anyway. Where you're always being asked the impossible. Well, the restaurant work is you do the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, well, the, the saying, uh, you know, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah. It goes, you know, for a lot of different. We are reasons. we are magicians. That's what we do. Uh, right. We uh, there is no don't. It's just how how long. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. How long can we keep that up? Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's it's. Uh, but then, like, as a manager too, like you know what you can ask of your employees. You know who can handle what. Yeah. So, yeah. And the thing is, that's why you know I you never ask them to do something that you wouldn't do. You know, exactly. Like you see, I, I'm back there shucking oysters. Yeah. You know, I hate shucking oysters, but you know what? Sometimes it has to be done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I at Grandma I shuck twenty <laughs> cases a day. I there it's. Brings me back to a really oh, bad. I've, <laughs> I've, I've personally watched you yeah. shucked oysters. I'm in the back screaming. Of this I'm like, <laughs> so angry at them. Oysters. I die. Did, I do not. Uh, I do not shuck them with love. <laughs> but, uh, so no, one, no one's calling ever. back from the yeah. floor saying, "Yeah, this the oysters were okay, but they had a little hate in them." I tasted. You know, it's sometimes food made with hate just tastes as much better than food made with love. Exactly. Or passion. food made with anger. Yeah, passion. it's passionate. Yeah. You know? They're just two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so when you're looking at establishing that restaurant and you're looking at especially the equipment, if you're doing like a redesign or if you're building from the ground up even, what is the, where do you draw the line of like, okay, we can get this possibly used if we're looking at well, particular pieces of equipment versus, you know, uh, some wireframe blueprint that's got, you know, $100,000 worth of equipment that they either A, don't need, or B, you can get it at a different cost. Well, it's always better to find stuff that's used because any dollar amount you can save is very important. <laughs> it goes a long way because it's just you have a budget and then that budget starts bleeding and you're like, oh man, we need this now, this now. Like, it's, it, very, it's, it's very hard to it's, stay in that it's, budget. Yeah, it, it, it's very hard. It's very, especially nowadays where everything is so expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, like, like a couple years ago, um, the same fork was like was like three or four dollars. It's now three times that. 
right. that's just one fork. Yeah, we've right. saw we saw last month we saw a 0.06 percent increase on all of that just in one month. Yeah, I mean, uh, there it's just it's it's crazy that like in the like the 13 years I've been doing this, how much the prices of uh, of stuff has gone up. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, it's not going to get any better. So and <laughs> therefore, like you and Ralph have said. Your your the margin for error and yeah. for taking a misstep is going down literally daily. Yeah. Every time something goes up in price, it's one more misstep you can't yep. take, or you're not going to make it. And that's why it's like, uh, I mean, there it's there's a couple programs you could use, like um, what was it, uh, like Chef Tech, and then there's one my friend Megan used, like it was what was it called, uh, Chef Retro Mar or Chef Mar uh, no, Margin Edge, Margin Edge, yeah, yeah, Margin Edge, yeah, takes in uh, a you put that stuff in and it takes in that into the equation mm -hmm. and it costs out. Like if you have everything uh, on your menu in there, it costs everything out per each like, like item set out. And right. like okay. how much uh, of this is used there. It's pretty cool. Well, and a margin yeah. edge actually uh, integrates with order counter. Really? And yeah, I was nice. talking to Megan about this. Uh, it does take a lot of uh, integration from the chef. Yeah. They have to know exactly like how many teaspoons of this went into that. Uh, it does get really intricate. Mm -hmm. But I think in the future, in the near future, uh, that'll probably be, you know, a huge part of like what your job turns into, you know, oh, or yeah. even the executive chef. Yeah. Uh, but my next question for you um, is, so there's actually a local restaurant in town. Uh, we won't mention it by name. Um, they have just implemented, uh, whenever they open, the 20% added to the entire ticket. And they do that because apparently they share the revenue from everything on, on that with the front of the house and the back of the house. Uh -huh. From the back of the house, which is where you've always been, uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> Actually, we yeah. had we had a running bet on this, and I was talking to Ralph about it. And he, so I, I gave my disposition as to what I thought you might say, right. and Ralph was like, no, you, you don't get it. He doesn't really – he's going to come from the back of the house side of this where it's just more money. You know, I, yeah, I yeah, I understand that, but uh, I mean – yeah, <laughs> everybody well, likes more money, be, but 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 understand. But, yeah. but, uh, right. um, you know, the, I'm uh, the cooks aren't interest, interacting with the guests unless they're like out there shucking oysters, right. uh, <laughs> at the bar. Then yeah. yes, I mean, hey, they should get tipped out because they're having conversation, right? With that, but like, for well, it's most, been common practice for years that like sushi chefs they get. Tipped oh out. yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're right there, Absolutely. you're out there in front, right? Um. I mean that's that's the kind of a jaded question because uh. <laughs> right. Well, I, we I, I, this just goes back to one of our previous episodes. We have one called the Tipocalypse, and it was uh, it just based around like the guilt tipping. And uh, this one restaurant that we went to, uh, they had twenty percent, and then they still have a tip line. So like, you can leave a tip if you'd like. Yeah. But you're not expected to. See, that's how and then people get drunk and don't see that. And then yeah, that's exactly. why you're double dipping and like it happens. Right. Yeah. Well, and then our concern is <laughs> That's you know, an interesting point though that he yeah, makes right. is we actually we have an endeavor to say, yeah, by the way, for the alcoholic in your group, this is a real problem if they're paying because they're not gonna see that tip line and or yeah. the twenty percent and they're just gonna be like, Oh, well, you know, right. yeah, let's add another twenty percent on there because service is really good tonight. Yeah, and yeah. if you didn't know that walking in there and if you but weren't paying attention when the the server mentioned that, then you know it's it's too late by the time you've re received the right. Yeah, then you. I mean, then the, that causes problems. But I mean, it's... but if you're working in the house, you know, you're at a restaurant, and this is this is the policy. 
they have a problem with it, not have a problem with it. It just is what it is. I mean, if if that's how they want, I mean, I have I'm all for getting my cooks more money, and if that comes out, if I mean, that comes out of, but that, I think at the same time it's taking money from the servers. I mean, they they get paid to uh, server what servers make what is it five something an hour now? Uh, yeah, it's less than six bucks. An yeah, hour. yeah, I mean they're paid on tips, and then. You know, if you have a, like, say you have, like, a $200 freaking two-top and they leave you nothing, you're paying out on that. You're exactly. paying the busters, you're paying the food runners, the hostess, so you're actually in a negative on that. So I, I get, I get yeah, how they're they're doing that, so they're protecting um, the their employees. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like I said, it doesn't necessarily need to be shared with the back of the house unless, right. I mean, I'm just, I'm, you know, you're here, you're getting paid X amount of dollars to hear the work. You're getting paid, you know, 15 16 $17 an hour. You know, because now um, with minimum wage moving up to like fifteen in the next like couple years, it's trying to push. We're trying to know. push, but I mean, I mean, that's. I think Florida even has like a higher uh, minimum wage than the national average. Yeah, they actually are looking at trying to pass legislation that caps it because of the standard of our right. our, yeah. our our minimum wage. But it brings up it brings up a good point. Uh, something that again Ralph and I have talked about if they're utilizing that 20% let's say you know someone were to ask hypothetically you know why are you guys charging the 20% and the manager on scene or even if an employee asks why is it like this and they say oh well we're utilizing it to you know facilitate a bunch of different things for you Mm -hmm. health insurance cover this cost you know maybe they even don't know it, but they're using it to you know cover the payment processing credit card yeah yeah What's your what's your opinion on that? Where it's not only being utilized just as a form of you know a form of uh, profit for the front of the house and the back of the house, but the business itself is taking a portion of it. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Well, that's that's our like kind yeah. of like red flag when we look at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been following the Pensacola Foodies uh, um, thing on that. They were talking about. I know that which one you're talking about. I'm not going to name it, but um, but I, I get it. But then I. I mean, I don't really know much more about it than other than that, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, hey, it's, business does their own practices, I guess, you know. Right. Well, in order to stay afloat these days, businesses are... are uh, they have to evolve, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, right. they're trying everything. I, like I said, it, it's getting harder and harder every single day. Like, uh, the price of flour has doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, like, remember when eggs were, like... What like seven dollars a dozen? Oh yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, I think even no. the heavy cream yeah. was one of the uh, the highest uh, oh, you no. know, marked up uh, items. My my fiance Cam's is a is a chef, so when she cooks, she doesn't cook on her job now, but when she cooks at home, it's all of the restaurant ingredients. So I'm not doing this. I'm not a chef, mm-hmm. and she's going through and buying eggs and heavy whipping cream and i think yeah i think it was uh, a quart of heavy whipping cream was like eight dollars in some sense at yeah. the grocery store and you're like I, I shook my head i was like what do we need this for it's just like oh well we're, i'm making this sauce this sauce than, i just yeah. need to take a little bit of this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, that one ingredient will make or break yeah. that, that yeah, yeah exactly and i was like oh i just kind of shrug and i'm like all right it, it, <laughs> that's like it's, my the, it's the same thing as like when you go to the grocery store nowadays you you'll fill up your cart with like I mean, you'll have a hundred dollars in like four bags. Oh yeah, no. And like yeah. five, six years ago, you could have a full cart and it'll be like a hundred dollars. It's it's just and when you're considering, like you have mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, before we even started the show, you were talking about you know breaking crates for single items, etc. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. You were saying, you know, it's just you gotta save money. Effect. You gotta save money where you can. I mean, that's the name of the game. You know, 
you have to sit there and go like when I like look through my fish list I'm like oh this guy's got this fish cheaper if this guy wants my business I'm like hey Joe Smo has this can you match that or come close if you want my business and they're like oh yeah sure boom like mm-hmm. I had to do that with um, a rock shrimp the other day because I need well it's partly my fault because I was past the cutoff time with one company and I'm like ooh put this guy against each other and you know, right. hey uh, you know uh, I'm trying to get an order with you man but um, you know, see so your rock shrimp's three dollars more a pound than inlands like we you can match me a little bit, or at least come close. And I say shaved off a dollar fifty per pound. So, and that's an eight pound tub. So, right. hey, it's, it's just hey, you're saving money. Right. You just need to be always be doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're seeing more and more of that. Uh, like I came from uh, the restaurant wholesale, you know, industry, and uh, as I, you know, phased out on my my tenure there, uh, we saw more and more bartering. You know, people trying yeah. to do that, and they have to. Yeah. I mean, you know, and. It's it's that tough these days. I mean, it's all community. Like, so like, if I run out of something, we like I've had chefs call me, "Hey, can I borrow a case of this or whatever?" Right. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, come over." Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's it's. I mean, we all we're all in this together. We're all here to feed people. All of the even the purveyors, mm-hmm. we're all the same team, but they work for us though. <laughs> right. Like you, you were supposed to bring me my groceries and make sure it's good. My job is to make sure I cook those correctly and send them out to the customer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's all a whole circle of life. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole ecosystem. <laughs> exactly. That you know, that's a, that's a nice way to put it right there. It is. It is an ecosystem. You know? Well, good deal. We touched on a lot of things today. Um, we do have a little promo for you. Uh, the district, Thursday, October 19th, they're going to have a caviar experience. Yes. Uh, this is a ticketed experience, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be through Eventbrite. Okay. Um, we had a little meeting about it um, yesterday, it was, but it's going to be a to be a good event. Really, something we're going to start doing um, on our menu. Like Josh knows much more about this than I do, so when you have him on, he can really really follow up on it. Because I just really just got went a little bit um, involved yesterday. Right. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a good event. Um, like I said, like I said, I wish I could speak more about it because I just found out about it yesterday. Right? No, no, know. hey, no, no, we're just but, trying to. Just trying so to I don't want to people. say the wrong thing about it, you know. For the uninitiated, <laughs> what is a ticketed dinner experience? Uh so basically, these are we've done these before, like our New Year's Eve. So people buy like a ticket to these, and then okay. through uh, a different, like a third party thing, and then they show up, and we scan their thing, boom, go upstairs, have drinks. Um, like we, what we've done before on New Year's, we've done I think it's like a hundred dollars or something. I can't I can't remember the right. Right, yeah, it's usually like one or two courses, sometimes yeah. three. And I like we'd experience. have past hors d'oeuvres upstairs and the champagne toast, and that's they buy their ticket through Eventbrite or whatever, and then you know, they just go here, here's my ticket, and just go upstairs and. And it's like a pre-planned menu. Yeah, okay. You know, they, they yeah. don't have to pick anything out. If they want to add drinks to it, that's fine. Yeah, I think I have yeah. a couple of drink things or something like that, right. but yeah, it's. It's pretty cool. Outstanding. That sounds like a lot it's of a good, It's a good way of doing uh, like business events that you actually hear. So if you handling, you have the tickets, all the sales, all that, you have mm-hmm. a third party do it. Well, and you can even uh, work out deals with some of your purveyors and say, yeah. hey, we want to sponsor, or we want you to sponsor this. We need you mm-hmm. to, to buy some of this product. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a way to, to showcase what they're selling to you. And then you're giving the customer the opportunity to come in and try something that they normally wouldn't have tried. Outstanding. That'll be fantastic. So, again, it's going to be at the District on Thursday, October 19th. It's the Caviar Experience. 
ticketed dinner and uh, uh, our our friend here, Chef Kyle, directly involved with it. <laughs> so I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> or not see you, but you will taste it. And uh, it's not oysters, so it, there will be no hate no, in a no. caviar. Got Love caviar. Rest. Love the Russian yeah. caviar. Leave those, leave those sturgeons alone. Yeah. <laughs> like those little pearl spoons. Uh, yeah. That's right. It's a prehistoric fish. You want to be nice. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, Kyle, thank you so much for coming yeah, in. One of the things that we'd love to talk to you again about is the continued you know things that you're you're working on as you go through this, uh, you know, this evolution of construction with uh, Oakley's wine bar up there, you know, and and how that goes, you yeah. know, and, and how you see the, the movement through it. And as you said, you know, as you watch the growth of this child to the, you know, day when it's presented to the public. It's just like Parenthood. It's very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's it's awesome to it's see, fun, like, yeah. your your finished product on the menu. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh it's going to be a cool little experience. And like, like I said, I'm happy to help out. And yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. You know, restaurants are fun. They also are very stressful. But hey, you know, we're here for a good time, not a long time. It takes a special, a special breed. <laughs> right. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, if you don't yep. want to come walking home. You want to go sliding uh, in on fire. To... Oh yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what a, what what a ride. <laughs> can't, I can't sit in the office all day long. I got to be in the freaking play right. with knives and fire. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh, Jeff Kyle for coming in. We've really looked forward to this SME. I think a lot of people are going to take a lot of information from it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no we'll, we'll definitely have you in again. Is there anything else that you want to promote or anything going on at the district that you want to let people know about? Um, um, just come and get some steaks. <laughs> Dryer's beef's the best. And there's, there's Dryer's tomahawk. Is, uh, oh, yeah, your tomahawk. We had it not not too long ago. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was fantastic. I always say nothing beats our meat. <laughs> <laughs> there are stickers for hard head hats for that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. Well, for, uh, for all of us here at RL Technologies, you can reach us at www.rltechfl.com. You can also email us at info at rltechfl.com. And our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash rltechnologies180. Please follow us, like us, share us, and comment on us whenever possible. And remember that this is Business Time brought to you by RL Technologies. It's business time. It's business Business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. <laughs>